You're listening to Hope for Women with Father Wounds, Episode 11, A Closer Look at Knowing God as Father. I'm your host, Kia Stevens. This podcast is for women who have experienced pain in their father-daughter relationship as a result of divorce, abandonment, abuse, incarceration, addiction, or a physically present but emotionally absent father. The aim of this podcast is to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Years ago, while doing research for my first blog, the Father Swap blog, which I created to help women exchange their father wounds for the love of God the Father, I stumbled across a quote that I've never been able to forget. The quote was from the Washington Times and it said, Sociologists say it is common for people to perceive that God is like their fathers or fatherly figures in their lives. Wow, what a statement. This is essentially saying I could be comprehending God through a faulty lens. If my father was silent, I could think that God is this way. If he was absent, I could believe God is this way. If he was angry, dominant prideful, selfish, distant, abusive, etc., etc., I could think that God is this way. I never entertained the possibility that the way I viewed God was impacted by the type of father I had. The more I thought about it, the more I was reminded of a book my husband has been asking me to read for about 17 years. Men are from Mars and women are from Venus by Dr. John Gray. In times of intense marital fellowship, my hubby has strongly encouraged me to read the book. In it, Dr. Gray says women view life from a pink lens and men view life from a blue lens. Thus, our understanding is clouded by our pink and blue worldviews. I think this is similar to what the article in the Washington Times was saying. Picture a row of kids sitting in chairs, each one with a different pair of glasses on. Each pair of glasses are labeled with a defining experience from their father. One pair of glasses might be labeled premature death. Another might say passive father. Another might say absent father. Another might say abusive father. Another might say attentive father. And another might say selfish father. Then enter God. Imagine that God stood in front of this row of kids with glasses. The reality is some kids might see God and his attributes clearly, but some might see God through a lens muddied by stuff they experienced with their father. For my glass wearers out there, you know that milky cloudy haze that covers your glasses from time to time, making people and things look blurry. I imagine this is a type of figural film keeping us from seeing God for who he really is. Thus, the father lens through which we view God can potentially cloud our understanding of God. Immediately, that quote in the Washington Times made so much sense to me. I grew up in a single parent household. My parents got divorced while I was still in diapers. So as a result, my father was in my life very little while I was growing up. I went from inconsistent supervised visitations to sporadic home visits with my dad to gifts left on the front porch of my grandparents' home to no communication at all until I pursued a relationship with him as a young adult. 
I do have several memories of receiving material things from my father. This has caused me to deduct that my father's love language must be gifts. Whereas I too share this love language and I am grateful for whatever I have received from my dad. I acknowledge this reality while also noting I craved words of affirmation. I wanted my father to speak into my life as a girl, as a teenager, and as a woman. But affirmation like this requires a consistent presence. And this is not what my father was able to provide. At best, things were pretty inconsistent. Every now and then my father was there, but most of the time he was not. And when he was present, we were not talking about the deep developmental affirmation that I needed. I typically went without it. All the while I was experiencing inconsistencies in my relationship with my dad, I was being taught about the larger than life God who was supposed to be a father to the fatherless. I cannot tell you how many times I heard this phrase said over and over again. For those of you who have been a part of a church community, particularly Southern Baptist, you have probably heard it too. Right along with familiar sayings like God is good all the time and all the time God is good and I'm blessed and highly favored. I have said them all. But there comes a time when we need to unpack what those statements really mean. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. What does it look like to embrace the statement, God is good all the time after the sudden and unexpected death of a loved one? How can you embrace I'm blessed and highly favored when you are struggling financially? What does it mean to say God is a father to the fatherless when we cannot hear, see or touch him? When we are not sitting on pews and saying amen to the preacher in the pulpit how do we embrace the truth of these statements in our everyday lives? What do they mean beyond the Christian cliches that we are accustomed to saying? How exactly can an invisible God who does not speak audibly or give warm hugs be a father to the fatherless? It sounds good in theory, but it can be very difficult to comprehend, even for a church girl like me. I literally grew up in church. I was a granddaughter of a Baptist pastor, and my mother brought me to church four to five times a week. This is not an exaggeration. I was raised in a culture where you did not doubt the existence of God, and quite honestly, you did not question him either. 
God felt, if I'm honest, a little distant when it came to the issues that were close to my heart, the issues of affirmation, my value and my worth. I did not think God had anything to say about feelings of emptiness and security and struggles with low self-esteem. I believe never receiving this type of affirmation from my father impacted my ability to receive it from God. I did, however, learn to relate to God through praying for others and praying about tangible external needs like money or a sickness rather than the internal needs that you can't see. I've discovered that it is possible to follow God and doubt his ability to change an area of our lives all at the same time. It feels so unchristian to say this out loud, but I lived it. Doubt caused me to question whether God was concerned with the intimate things that concerned me. I felt this way while I was still attending and volunteering in the church, still paying my tithes and offering, still praying for and still having a quiet time with God. I did my best to follow God, but I did so with a few lingering doubts about who God was capable of being in my life. But I kept praying. It had been ingrained in me to do so. I was confused, frustrated, hurting, but still praying, at least trying to anyways. Reading that quote in the Washington Times helped me understand a lot about who I perceive God to be. I was viewing God through the faulty lens of my father-daughter experience. Since my father was absent for most of my life and emotionally unavailable, I assumed that God was absent in some areas and emotionally unavailable for me as well. My faulty lens ultimately became a wall, a barrier that I erected between me and the true character and nature of God. I believed in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believed he died on the cross for my sins. I believed he rose on the third day. I believed everything, but I struggled to believe in his ability to fill the voids left vacant by my biological father. I did not believe he was God enough to take away the periodic ache and sadness that was longing for the affirmation of my father. Consciously and subconsciously, We can say, God, I will believe you for this job, but not for a reconciled relationship. God, I will trust you for a car, but not for my healing. I will engage with you as God, but not as my heavenly father. And if I'm honest, in my case, it was partly rooted in fear. If I choose not to believe you can be a heavenly father for me, then I can mitigate the disappointment. It won't hurt as much if you do not come through in the way I expect you to. If you do not answer my prayers in the way I desire, it won't be so bad because I have padlocked my heart as a safeguard against disappointment because I have been hurt in this way before. In the area of father-daughter relationships, if we have been wounded by our biological father We cannot emotionally afford to experience a similar disappointment with God. It is just too painful. We don't have the capacity to be hurt in this area again. And so it is safer to remain guarded. I will keep you as my God. But Heavenly Father is too intimate a place for you to occupy. That space is off limits. 
If you're silently raising your hand saying, me too, it's okay. God can handle our doubts, our fears, and even the padlocks we put on the doors of our heart. He continues to pursue us in spite of all the barriers that we erect between us. It took faith and a whole lot of time to shift my mindset on what I believe God could do and who he was in my life. It took time because it is over time that we can begin to see God's ways, sense his presence, and recognize his divine intervention in our lives. It has taken faith because for many to say that God can affirm a woman with father wounds requires faith in what appears to be illogical. But God cannot be limited to our experience with our earthly fathers and the memories this word father conjures up for us. He supersedes every connotation of the word father. We must be willing to deconstruct the box we've placed God in as a result of the experience we've had with our earthly fathers and get to know who God is according to his word. That is the aim of this series, to unpack who God is, his character, nature, and his love for us, his extravagant love for us. Over the next few weeks, we will unpack what it means to know God as Father, not through a faulty lens, but by examining his attributes. Whether your dad is deceased, absent, divorced, unavailable, incarcerated, or you don't know who he is, sis, there's hope for you. Hope to be healed. Hope to be secure. Hope to be free. Completely free. Hope to be satisfied with the love of God. Yes, there is hope for women with father wounds. This was episode 11 of Hope for Women with Father Wounds. I am your host, Kia Stevens. Join me for the next episode, episode 12. God loves us with intentionality. Hope for Women with Father Wounds is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review so that more listeners can find us. You can learn more about Kia Stevens and her ministry, The Father Swap, by visiting kiastevens.com and fatherswap.com. This episode was produced by me, Kelly Gibbons, and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.